0: PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The retirement planning world is filled with plenty of advice and suggestions, but there are some critical questions that sometimes get lurking into the shadows or unasked or just overlooked. And that's the questions we're going to talk a little bit about today here on the podcast. So check it out here this week on Retirement Planning Redefined.
1: The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors, John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning
0: Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in as John and Nick and myself talk about today's topic, which is some hidden or overlooked questions in retirement planning. So the guys are going to help break this down this week on the show. Thanks so much for, as always, for being here and listening. And if you've got some questions, make sure you reach out to the guys at pfgprivatewealth.com. That is pfgprivatewealth.com. Get yourself some time onto the calendar and you can also subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you like using. Find it all right there at pfgprivatewealth.com. Guys, what's going on? Nick, how are you, bud?
2: Pretty good, pretty good. Happy that uh we're we've worked our way into football season and the uh we're starting to get some teas of uh,
0: cooler weather. So oh, I'm excited good. about that. Yeah, very good. John, my friend, what's happening under your neck of the woods? You doing all right? How's the little ones? Good.
1: Yeah, little ones are good. They're uh you know seven and four so that they keep getting older and a little bit more <laughs> it's weird
0: uh, how that happens right <laughs> <laughs> i know
1: the personality is different coming out i'll say i i uh my kids are completely different, and we're like, how did this happen? One is very reserved and shy, and the other one's a complete maniac, but they're go. great.
0: Yeah, it's like they look at each other as they're going through things and the stuff that we don't see as parents, right? And they're like, I'm going to be the opposite of this person, you know, or whatever the case is. So it's always funny how the siblings – now, I just have the one, but I'm, I'm one of seven myself, so I certainly can relate to – uh, th- to the siblings, but myself, I only have the one kid, and she's all of it rolled into one. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's uh, got a little bit of everything going on with her, so there's definitely nothing happened. There's nothing hidden about that kid, that's for sure. She puts it all out there, uh, yeah. and that's my segue into the topic today for retirement planning's hidden questions. I think, guys, for some of these, they're not necessarily hidden as much as maybe overlooked is the better term. I think we we know it, we keep it in our mind somewhere, but we tend to just either forget about it or we put our focus. Someplace else during the journey towards retirement. So you'll see what I mean here with this first one. Uh, the question might be, you know, how much are these tax deferred savings eventually going to cost me in taxes? And so you can kind of see where I'm going with this. If you're pumping away into the 401k because you've been told that's the thing to do for 40 years, you kind of forget that eventually you know it, but like if you kind of forget, eventually Uncle Sam's going, hey, Where's mine, right? <laughs> so how much is it gonna cost us?
2: Yeah, I would say that's definitely a topic that we talk about quite a bit. Um, especially with the required minimum distribution age getting pushed back. Some clients that have allocated a large portion of their retirement funds to pre-tax accounts and then maybe, you know, have their expenses low and and don't plan on taking out, you know, much money, uh, at least initially early on in retirement can get a bit of a surprise when those required minimum distributions kick in. And so that's something that we try to plan around where, you know, oftentimes people are encouraged by accountants are uh, usually focused on, you know, taxes today. So a lot of times they'll, you know, suggest, hey, defer those until you only have to take them out and use other money first. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we tend to try to split that money up take some of the money out of the pre-tax accounts earlier on uh, make it you know kind of blend with some of the other non-qualified funds so that the when the required minimum distributions kick in it's not such a huge surprise and maybe causes, uh, income above and beyond what they expected to have.
0: Yeah. yeah and John, cause a lot of people like, you know, the, let's say, let's just use a million dollars cause it's a round number and it's easy to, but people also kind of get, it's kind of sexy, right? It's got this allure to it. Like, Hey, I'm a millionaire, but if you've been pumping this all into one of those type of accounts, well, you're not really a millionaire, right? You're more like a 700,000 air, uh, <laughs> because the government wants their share again. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's something that's always there. And if you, you know, if you start to look at it, it's, you yeah, know, you, you want to estimate, I would say, say, you know, on average, again, everyone's different, but I'd say 10 to 20% you you could expect would go to taxes. Obviously, if you withdraw it in one year, it'd be a bigger chunk than that. But, you know, when you retire, we're looking at effective tax rates between 10 to 20, you know, sometimes 25%. So, yeah. you know, not that we're, we like to look at rule of thumbs, but that's, that's, you know, if you're looking at a balance sheet and wondering how much is this, of this is going to be mine, you know, that's, that's a decent place yeah. to start. I mean, yeah, it's
0: a good place to start the conversation, right?
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah. um but you know it's something to be aware of and this is where the, the planning becomes very important to understand you know how much taxes am i going to be paying per year and that's where it's important to you know whoever you're working with when you're doing your retirement plan you know they should be able to show you that in any given year how much you're going to pay in taxes mm-hmm. and you know that way you have an idea of like hey you know, the, the big thing with this, too, especially, you know, this day and age, everyone's a lot going on in the world. And uh, <laughs> big, a <laughs> yeah. uh, big question is, you know, our tax is going to go up. So, you, you you know, if if a lot of your money is pre-tax and we're going to get to this later, I believe, you know, if taxes go up, that's a bigger hit that Uncle Sam's going to take out of your nest egg. So it might be 10 percent or 15 percent when you first retire. But all of a sudden it could be 10 years in and, and that that's a bigger chunk they're taking depending on the rule
0: changes. Yeah, that's a great point. And so kind of using that same million dollar analogy here, Nick, uh, the next question that kind of, again, gets looked at, but maybe not looked at the right way, is how much can I pull out of this, you know, how much can I pull out of this joker, you know, each year, right? And so talking about rules of thumb, is that ago go with John? You know, it's easy to do the back of the napkin and do the 4% thing. But if you did that off a million dollars and you say it's 40 grand, well, if you don't have a million dollars, because again, you got to pay the taxes and you got more like 700,000, now you're at 28 grand, so on and so forth. So it becomes a real kind of, I don't know, sliding scale as to what you can withdraw each year.
2: Yeah, it's a, it could be a tricky thing, especially because, you know, and I would say even like the landscape has changed a little bit. So for example, clients that retired five years ago, And when interest rates were really low and the money that they needed to take out of their nest egg, you know, wasn't going to just be, you know, this concept of interest only or dividends only because the ability to be able to do that was minimized with where rates were. So we do talk about the 4% rule to give people an idea of and a better grasp of understanding of like, hey, when you look at your nest egg and you're trying to figure out how much money can I really take? That's an easy calculation for people to make so that they understand like, all right, you know, 40,000 for every million, because some people are under the impression that they can take out a lot more, for example. And so helping them understand, well, hey, you know, maybe not quite is is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And that also kind of like what you alluded to where. Forty thousand from maybe a non a non qualified account is different than forty thousand from a retirement account uh, because of taxes and especially if they're living in a state where there's state income tax, you know that sort of thing. Gotcha. So you know we we discuss that four percent rule with people so that they have a better understanding of it, but then it really uh, helps us emphasize the importance of you know having a withdrawal or a liquidation order, helping them understand you know try to focus on some short term, midterm, longer term assets and almost kind of assigning a job to different types of accounts because, you know, some accounts we're going to spend down a little quicker, other accounts we want to let grow. But uh, especially when it gets to times like these where the markets are a little haywire and people are getting nervous, sometimes they want to bail and, you know, try to emphasize it's important to still make sure that you keep some long-term investments uh, in in play.
0: Well, and that's a good point because that's going to lead me to my next little hidden one here that we've, been reawakened to John, uh, and that's our friend Mister Inflation. Not that he's our friend. I'm being sarcastic, <laughs> but not my, not my friend. Not my friend at all, right? <laughs> but we've been reawakened to it. But if, you know, I mean, for ever in a day, it was like, okay, it's just there. It's not that bad, right? Two and a half, three percent, whatever. But now people are going, well, wait a minute. Like, how much is this going to like? Is this going to derail my plan?
1: Yeah, we are seeing quite a bit of that. Everyone's inflation rate is different. Um, that's one thing that we we will say is that everyone has a slightly different inflation rate depending on, you know, what you do, uh, what's important The things to that you, you buy, yeah. Yeah, so example, I'll tell you where I've seen my biggest expense has been food. I mean, we yeah. eat f- fairly well and yeah. all of a sudden it's like, you know, to try to go eat something that's, you know, a little bit, you know good for you. It's like, man, this is getting expensive.
0: Um, exactly. You know, and that, that, that kind of hit my ear funny. I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut you off real fast just to kind of ask you to expand on that some more. But people might go, wait a minute, the inflation rate, it's four and a half percent. Why is it different for different people? But that's a great point. Like how you live in your lifestyle, and we're not even talking like living super high on the hog now, go to the grocery store or other places, you know, it's still not four and a half percent. They they don't factor so many things into that number. its It's really kind of a misnomer, right?
1: Yeah, everything's different, you know, as we know, energy costs are different, you know, food, and then, you know, what do you like to do in retirement? Do you plan on traveling? Are you doing more activities where it doesn't cost anything? Then guess what? If you're just hiking and doing things like that, where, where you live, then then not going to be a big impact sure, for you. Yeah. But if you like to travel and do other things that cause that result, you get on a plane, going out to eat, things like that, it's going to be a whole different experience. So, you know, it's important, again, you know, we harp on this, but it's important to do the plan and... and if you are working with an advisor, maybe they have the ability to categorize each expense and have it have a different inflation rate depending on you know what's happening in the world. So,
0: Nick, do you guys are you guys taking into account a higher inflation rate currently for folks and to adjust to that, or do you still look at the historical over the long term rates and say, okay, you know historically we'll probably be somewhere back down in that three or four percent range over time, or do we need to adjust for that in in the interim?
2: Well, so the way that we've been handling it, because we think it's a little bit more kind of efficient to to look at it, is it's a little bit more work. But so every couple of years, we have people update their expenses. Mm-hmm. So we have an, an expense worksheet. And then so, you know, kind of the key being that when they update their expenses, we can account for their inflation over the last few years. And then we'll use a more traditional rate moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because we know that, you know, like, because the the tricky part with using, you know, a higher rate is that's over the lifetime of the plan. So we're talking 20, 30, 40 years. And normally that's not something that, you know, happens. So we know that oftentimes there are these spikes, which we've had in the last couple of years. So we want to reprice that in and take an accounting for what these higher expenses that they have are, and then use a more traditional rate, you know, moving forward, because okay. even if we would use, you know, the amount that we would have to increase it over the last, you know, couple of years would be higher than, you know, it would be over a 10, 20 year period. Gotcha. So,
0: okay. um, so
2: that's kind of what we found to be the most accurate. And, and again, there's things where, you know, as an example, I had a friend that got into a car accident, Either late last year, or earlier this year, and they needed to, you know, they were forced to get a new vehicle um, versus like if they didn't hadn't gotten in a car accident, they wouldn't have wanted to. So they're forced to get a new vehicle. And with where prices were on, you know, used vehicles, At the time, just yeah. kind of, yeah, just kind of just like crazy pricing, you know, so that that is something that specifically impacts them differently than somebody that would, you know, that doesn't need to buy a vehicle and can just wait until things slow down a little bit. So, yeah. So that's just kind of a good example. And, you know, we've got people who if they're renting like, you know, I live in downtown St. Pete and I rent and, you know, the rent in downtown is doubled over the last five years. You know, there's things like that versus somebody who's in a mortgage and, you know, it's a little bit different or so those are just kind of some examples of why we uh, you know, we want to reprice where things are at, update our baseline, and then kind of move forward and a little bit more traditional and and keep an eye on it.
0: Yeah. And John, you said a second ago, like, you know, how you're living, like you know, the kind of food you're getting or whatever, but also where you live, right? So another hidden question might be, is where I live going to impact my retirement situation? I can't see how it wouldn't. Like what you're going to be doing there in, in Tampa, for example, where you're at, John, versus where, I'm at, I'm in the sticks, right? So my, I mean, just even property taxes are going to be vastly different from county to county and so on and so forth or state to state.
1: Yeah, that that is where you live will make a big difference. And one example, Nick just actually gave um, where it's uh, renting versus owning. That's yeah. going to make a big difference depending on what's happening. Um, but no, it, it definitely makes a big difference. Um, you know, I was just up in Boston a couple of weeks ago and and I saw some of that inflation up there as I was up there. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I mean, like, wow, you know, Tampa's catching up, but it's still not there. And it's just like, OK, these you know, these, things cost a lot more up here. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it does make a big difference. And then, of course, you know, where you live, is is that where you're going to spend most of your time? Again, are you traveling? You know what I mean? So,
0: Well, with Florida being being a retirement destination, right, a lot of times people will do that you know, the moving to Florida in order to be, you know, I don't say, I don't know if I would move there just for the tax benefit. Like, is that, is that big enough to wag that dog or it should be moving there because you want to move there for various other reasons? Oh, and then there also is the benefit of the tax situation. I mean, is that a better way of looking at it or just, hey, we're going to move from New York to, you know, Florida because the tax rates are better?
2: I I would say that, the lifestyle that people used to have when they came to Florida and this is in, in all parts of Florida, obviously, you know, Miami Lauderdale Naples have always been pretty high and, and like areas like Tampa and St. Peter have lagged a little bit, but now uh, a regular kind of like middle-class home in Tampa is going to cost you 500 plus thousand where six, seven, eight years ago, it could be, you know, you might have to move out into the suburbs a little bit more, but three, you know, the high twos to 300. And so, it's going to be interesting to see how it does impact that traditional uh um, unless you're coming from a city like a boston where the the values are you know still much higher
0: yeah
2: you know there's there's a lot of places where you know even i'm from western new york rochester new york the the value of the homes were never that high but the tax difference was substantial and now it's a lot cheaper to live there even with the taxes than it is here you know for that to have the same sort of house and neighborhood and uh, when you factor in like car insurance has gone insane here, property insurance has. So it's going to be interesting to see how it impacts it.
0: For sure. Well, let's do the final one here. We'll wrap up with the hidden questions and, you know, Nick and I were just talking about our, our uh, you know, some significant ladies in our life getting into hockey, his mom, my wife. And uh, and then it got me thinking about my, I'd asked my mom, I was like, hey, let me take you to a hockey game. And she's 82. She's like, honey, I could never get back all the way down the stairs <laughs> and then back up again. But the question becomes is, should we be planning, especially if you're in this sandwich, what they call the sandwich generation, if you're in this 45, 50 range, 55 uh, for caring for your elderly patients, or patients' parents, it's certainly happening more, happening more and more.
1: Yeah, I would say definitely something you want to look at in your plan, and something you want to be not necessarily. You just want to be aware of it and the potential of that happening, and then you want to have conversations with siblings if you have siblings. On hey, if this were to happen, you know, what what are we right. going to do in this situation? What, what do they? Um, what do
0: they have? What does mom and dad have, right? And then what do we need to shore up, right? Possibly. Yeah.
1: So the, it's it's having all these conversations with the whole family of, hey, do you have long term care insurance in place? Okay. You don't. Okay. What are, what are the, what's the nest egg? You know, what's the income coming in? So mm-hmm. something you definitely want to have a discussion on. And I, th- I think Nick has shared a couple of stories and, and I have a couple of my own where we're seeing where maybe it's not financially impacting mm-hmm. the couple that's retiring, but it's, a, it's a impacting their lifestyle. So yeah. I've had some scenarios where clients couldn't do the things they wanted to do because, they were caring or taking care of a parent, not necessarily financially, because the finances were fine, but they were, you know, physically doing things and had to be present. So it yeah. really impacted some of the things that they were able to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can speak to that because my grandmother lives with my parents. It's been over 10 years now. Um mm, wow. and it's, you know, real life for them as far as kind of what John just talked about of being able to travel and, and do the things that they want to do. They they get some breaks where for example, now she's up staying with an uncle uh, up in Rochester. So they have been doing a little bit more like traveling and, and trying to do things to to enjoy that. But they got they have to it, plan
0: out their activities more.
2: Yeah, much, much more so. And, you know, let alone the stress of taking care of someone, you know, and, and all that kind of thing. So I think that one of the best pieces of advice to potentially give people is to and, and that generation can sometimes be a little. Uh, more difficult when discussing money. It feel it feels like they're getting a lot better, but being able to have conversations with them to understand, you know, what do they have? Do they have their documents in place? Who are the, you know, the executors of their kind of uh, estate? Or you know, is it a will? Is it a trust? Is there going to be issues that you know may be a fallout from how things are written? You know, what can be done now to clean that up? And even things from the perspective of because sometimes. You know like parents will start to want to like gift money or, or do different things and and we've seen that that generation oftentimes has a lot of like non-qualified money so mm-hmm. maybe it's stock accounts or things like that where you know if they sell and to try to like gift some cash to kids or grandkids or whatever they can incur some serious you know like taxes Because oftentimes that generation has held their accounts for a long time. And so even just understanding like, hey, well, if you leave these type of accounts uh, after you pass, it's going to be much more tax efficient than leaving these other types of accounts. So, you know, let's be smart with how we, you know, have some sort of liquidation in there and, and, and
0: work through that. Gotcha. All right. Well, so those are some hidden uh, questions that you may want to consider and and have top of mind, or at least readdress when you're talking about getting your retirement strategy into place. So if you've got those questions, again, reach out to John and Nick and subscribe to the podcast. Find all the information at pfgprivatewealth.com. That is pfgprivatewealth.com and subscribe, excuse me, to Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick on Apple, Google, or Spotify to catch future episodes as well as check out past episodes or just find it all at pfgprivatewealth.com. For John, for Nick, I'm Mark. We'll catch you next time here on the podcast. This has been Retirement Planning Redefined.